Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. So I want to talk to you, not as thousands in this place and thousands in Bloomingdale. I want to talk to you tonight as an individual. And, and, and I pray to God that those filters in your mind just somehow collapses, that those reasons, excuses, the things that have defined you will disappear and that God will trigger a hungry hunger in you. Because let me tell you this, everybody wants to be a Samson because he's the spectacular one, but he's the one who never finished strong but for the grace of God. Joseph was somebody totally different because he discovered himself early on in life. So no matter what came against him, he rose to the top. Every time and everywhere, he rose to the top. And those are the kind of people we need in our world right now. We need people that are difference makers. Come on, we need people that are game changers. We need people that can change the future of South Africa, of Khabarone, We need people that will step up in business, step up in universities, step up in our schools, step up in sports, step up in culture, step up in politics. We need people that believe I have been predestined by God for this hour. I am not just going to be a survivor. I am going to be a climber and I'm going to climb. Come on in Jesus name, even if you are 60 60 years old tonight, you still have another good 20 years ahead of you. 30 years ahead of you. And if you are 20 years old yet tonight, hey, my brother, you haven't even started. What's up with you that you are still sleeping 10 o'clock in the morning? You don't have a disciplined prayer life, five o'clock in the morning. You're not reading your Bible for an hour. You're not confessing the Word of God. Where do you think you are gonna end as a young person if you do not get serious about God and you press into this God that we talk about and not this casual social stroll? There was a time that the only tweet that we ever heard was a bird. Now there's a lot of tweeting going on and it's not changing much. Take your seats in heavenly places. Open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, I really want to pray for people because I'm tired of people that should be moving that are sitting. Um... It's like God's waiting for a generation to wake up. God's waiting for you to wake up. So let's talk about that tonight. I want to talk about the message very simply. Run in such a way. What do you need? To have an impact in life. Are you just going to be one of those individuals that are part of the crowd, the no-name brand? Or do you actually want to be a standout person in your generation? Starting with your family, starting with your friends, starting with your environment where you are, your neighborhood. Because if we don't stand out where we are, we never are going to stand out on a greater platform. So you need to be the different one in your circle of friends. You need to be different one in school. You need to be the different one on the team. Some of you were. And for whatever reason, you've lost something that you better find again. You couldn't have more influence 10 years ago than you have now. You could not be a person or you cannot be a person who had greater impact five years ago than today and you're happy with it. That means regress. There's nothing about God that promotes regression, nothing. As a matter of fact, God's the most progressive person, because He is. I want to call Him a creature. He's God. We were created in His image. He's the most creative individual, the most innovative individual, the most powerful individual that you'll ever meet. So I said this, I'm working on a series and I I haven't completed it. Um, 
a religion versus a relationship because I have a great concern that there's a charismatic religion that people do a lot of praying and there's nothing changing. They don't change, their results don't change and it's like they intimate with something but it's not God. Because when you are intimate with God, you become impregnated by the presence of God and the result of that is vision, passion, mission, fruit. So unless the Lord build their house, they labor in vain, right? Not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Ghost. So if you're trying your best and nothing is changing, you need to learn how to connect with a vine. And that is a process of wrestling and pressing into God, which if this generation doesn't do, there may be a gap, a void in this country and your children will pay the price for it because you never ever took the baton of responsibility and took the responsibility of sacrifice to press into God and into the presence of God to get from God what you can only get from God. God buy God and His presence from a pick and pay shop. You cannot buy God from a quick prophetic conference and somebody lays hands upon you and you think everything is going to be different. We pray to God when we lay hands upon you that we stir a hunger in you so that you can begin your journey of pressing into God so that you can discover God for yourself and hear God talk to you personally and not imitate somebody else or try and be a carbon copy of somebody else. So let me provoke you tonight and ask you, who are you? What are you all about? What is the thing that ticks, talks you? What causes you to come alive? What were you born for? What is your destiny? Yours, your mission, your assignment. And how are you doing on that assignment? Words God told you 20 years ago, and, and, and God's not going to give up on you. But some of our pastors out there in CRC land tonight listening, you've got a lot of catching up to do. A lot of catching up to do. And that means, my brother, my colleague in Christ, you need to get a new hunger for God and you need to get back into the presence of God. And you need to go past your comfort and you have to go past your, 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 your structures, etc. And you're going to have to go climb that mountain because what God has called you to do, you are not going to do by your own ability, by your charisma, by your smarts, by your jobs, by your talks. You are going to need a new anointing that will only come from the presence of God. Come on, if you are hungry for God tonight, give Him a praise here in Jesus' name. You know, when somebody's touched by God, everybody can see it. So uh, you may be sincere in your efforts and have no fruit. That means you're sincerely wrong. You, you, you cannot. When Elisha, I'm running ahead of myself, caught the mantle of Elijah, there was an immediate change. So when you receive something from God, everybody will see it. Are you listening? 1 Corinthians 9, 24, the Bible says, you've all been to stadiums and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. Win what? Win the prize that God called you to win. Not competing with anybody else, another church, another ministry, another doctor. He says, all good athletes train hard. That means you're not going to be the best you being a lazy individual. You have to get serious about you. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. So when we talk about vision, vision leads to mission. Mission ultimately is God's purpose that should overshadow everything in our lives. What is my purpose? I'm alive to glorify God. But what does that mean? I'm alive to expand God's kingdom. As a doctor, lawyer, teacher, advocate, I'm there 
to expand God's kingdom, to use my influence as a doctor to reach other doctors, as a lawyer to reach other lawyers, as a student to reach other students, as a businessman to reach other business people. Not when you get to the top of your mountain, now you take it easy and you forget what your purpose is all about. And that's what Paul is writing here. He says, God has a great destiny for you. What God said to Abraham, I will bless you, I will make your name great, but you shall be a blessing. Abraham, there's a purpose to your life and the purpose is not to get more money, more cattle, more homes, more property. Your purpose is to be a blessing to the nations of the earth. That means that your life has an eternal purpose attached to it and one day you will stand before Jesus Christ, not because of the bonds that you build, not because of the fame of your name, but because of the impact that you had for God's kingdom. And let's start with our children to train our children in the ways of God. Let's start with our families to disciple them like Joshua said, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Come on and bring a generational blessing to our families in Jesus' name. So he says, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. That even is your child, your spouse, your uncle, your aunt, your mother. You can only run for yourself and encourage everybody else to run that race. You have to make up your own mind. We know in sport when people lose their hunger to compete, they better they should retire, right? But you get people that play at 38 and they're hungrier to compete in the rugby field than um, a person that's 20 years old because the 20 year old sits on his laurels of gift and talent, but he's got no hunger. He's got no discipline. He's not willing to put in the hard yards where nobody else is watching. So he just somehow in life fades away. And everybody that's here tonight, maybe over 60, we can all talk about stories about people that were great at one time and today they're a vapor. People that started out on fire and today they backslidden. People who were called to the ministry and today they are no more. A, a, a statistic in America, unfortunately, sad statistic that 65 or 85% of people that started in the ministry in their 20s are no longer in the ministry in their 60s. Longevity, commitment, endurance, passion. I think it's the same with everything in life. If you can just stay in the game, stay on your feet, stay disciplined, stay passionate with what you are doing, you are going to climb that mountain and eventually you will outshine everybody else in the name of Jesus Christ just because... You are temperate and you keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and you run to obtain. I said you run to obtain. You run to obtain. You climb that mountain to summit that mountain. No matter what the storms are, what the adversity are, no matter how many people abandon you in the climb, you make up your mind, I'm a climber and I'm not a camper and I'm not gonna lose my zeal and my fire for God. Say amen in Jesus' name. He says, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. Now, for my staff, I always tell them, you, you know, I, people come and they say, I work smart and not hard. Ach, toch, 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 toch. That's a belief, man. That's a belief. You work smart, therefore you work hard. Or maybe your staff is working hard. But let's not forget about the times that you did work hard. I mean, uh, somebody the other day said, I'm, I'm on a holiday all the time, and, but I'm doing business at the same time. You can't, you cannot. Not even Jesus operated like that. Jesus was very focused, then he took a break. Then he was very focused, then he took a break. You can't laze through life and think you're going to get anywhere. I mean, if you're a V12, you can't operate like a V1 or a V0 or like a battery car. <laughs> with Esca <laughs> and get nowhere. I'm here to charge, but there's nothing on the other side. It says, I'm giving it everything I'm got, I've got. I'm giving it everything I've got. I'm giving it everything I've got. Always remember that God watches where you are and how you carry yourself where you are when nobody else is watching. It's not a heavy statement, but you have to get it. When you are faithful in the little things, God will promote you. When, when, you, when, when, when Laban can walk up to you and say, my business is blessed because of you, 
You know that God's hand is upon your life and you know promotion is heading your way. Not when you say one day when I have my own, I'm going to rise to the top. Well, then you're not a servant, you're a hireling. And the Bible says, if you're not faithful in that, which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? So some of you are not being promoted because you're not faithful where God has placed you. Well, I don't care about amens tonight. You have to hear this. Because you alone will determine how you will leave this earth one day. I'm not saying you'll determine how you'll die. I say you'll determine the condition you are in when you die. You and nobody else. You alone will determine your commitment to Christ. Nobody else. You alone will determine your passion to the assignment of Christ. Nobody else. You alone will determine your self-image. Nobody else. You alone will determine your self-worth. Nobody else. I tell people all the time, no one can make you inferior or feel inferior without your consent. Nobody can talk down on you if you're not down there. Amen. Nobody can put you down if you know who you are. Because you're above that. I said you're above that. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So if somebody comes with racial prejudice and talks down on you, you don't have to go on a social media rant. All you're telling us is you have an identity crisis. You don't know who you are in Christ. And that means you still have a long way to go, my brother and my sister. Say Aina or Amen, because it's the truth. Says I'm giving it everything I'm, I've got. No lazy living for me. No lazy, no lazy living for me. I sit with young people and I love them. Obviously, my kids are all young and they're having babies, and like it's going out of fashion, etc. But I sit with young people and um, I always ask them about their vision, etc. And then I ask them, "What are you doing?" And you watch the disconnect between people that talk out there and they're doing nothing here. They talk, but they don't walk. It's like there's a missing link. And they, they, they think somewhere there's just going to be this lightning bolt that's going to hit them and change them. No. You can receive the anointing, but the anointing doesn't change your mind. The anointing doesn't renew your mind. You have to work on what's between your ears. You have to change the way you think by meditating in the Word of God. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way success. So, you know, we can all say the same thing, but we don't know what you are thinking. God does and you do. We don't know the thoughts whether they're victorious or defeated thoughts. We don't know what you really believe about yourself. We can only see it reflect in the fruit that you bear. So when we're talking about working hard, we are not just talking about climbing a ladder in this life that is visible to everybody else. We are talking about changing who you are, changing your treasure, changing your inner self. Finding yourself once and for all and getting serious about finding yourself because I don't see it in a lot of young people. I can believe that you can get to the top of Mount Everest. I can encourage you. I can cheer you on as we have a grandstand in heaven. But my brother, buddy, listen to me. Until you don't shake out whatever it is you have to shake out and until you don't get up and until you don't get moving, you are not taking one step you're not even going to climb a little mount, plopper cop. You're not going to climb any, anything because you are not committed to a journey of inner change. You are not committed to a journey of inner change. You are not committed to a journey of inner change. You are not committed to a journey of inner change. You are not committed to a journey of inner change. And that means time in the Word, time in God's presence so that you can enlarge yourself and begin to believe what God says about you. Because the day you believe what God says about you, you become unstoppable and you will become a history maker. So yes, my question. Yes, my question. I have to ask it to young people. What the heck are you waiting for? Because some of you have had this conversation again and again and again and again. You're waiting for an anointing. 
You don't need anybody. You need, you need an adjustment. You need change. Change on the inside. If you, if you know, I've always been very. Um, I don't want to say hard on myself, but I evaluate my life and I look at my progress every year to see: Am I progressing? Am I growing? Am I more effective? Am I more productive? And I can tell you the years of my life since I got saved, how I've progressed in God, and I give God the glory, etc., etc. Okay, personally, I'm talking about, and in different areas that are goals for me, not just the things that you think are buildings and things like that, but personal goals to become stronger, to become more um, uh, mature and more influential with government and other things that I don't have to talk about from this platform and crusades, which is outside of this ministry, which we are starting to fill stadiums, etc., 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 etc. How is it possible that there is no progress and, and let's just cut lockdown out of, out of the equation because with lockdown, you should have spent a lot of time with God and that means you should have come back with a giant treasure that you are so ready now to, and you are chomping at the bit to do great things for God. But here's the deal. Listen, and you're not going to like it. We don't take ourselves serious enough to change ourselves to become the people that God needs us to be. We rather want to pull the victim card. We rather want to blame the economy. We want to blame institutional racism and yes, there's institutional racism as there is institutional sexism, but there are women. They became the first advocates, black women. They are women. They became the first surgeons in the hospital theatres when it was a male world. They were women that became the first judges when people said it's not popular for a woman to be a judge. They were people that chose, I am not going to be confined to what people say, I'm going to rise above. You know why? Because they never doubted themselves. They never doubted themselves. They never played the victim because of what the institution said. They said, I'll be the first one in my family to get a degree. And I'm not just going to get a degree. I'm going to get an honest degree. I'm going to get a doctorate. I'm going to get a second doctorate. And I'm going to do what nobody says because I want to be a beacon of light and a beacon of hope to my generation and to my family. Somebody shout amen in Jesus' name. Bible says, says, do not be conformed to this world. So what is the reason that is hijacking you from being you? Because when I look in some people's eyes, I see there's no fight in them. There's no confidence, confidence, call it what you like. Straight talk. You watch a fight, you watch a tennis match, and you can literally see when the initiative shifts from one to the other. Two sets down, and you see, there it is, Nadal. There it is, Djokovic. There it is, Federer. Wanana, wanana. Banyana. They won, praise God. At least somebody's winning. Yeah, you see. But let me talk about Bafana, Bafana. Yeah, you laugh. Why? Because there's no culture of winning. And what's the reason? Huh? What's the reason? What's the reason? My word, you can grow up in Ethiopia and they don't have fantastic stadiums and they're the best long distance runners in the world because that's just who they are. You get somebody else that grows up on a tartan racetrack and they just don't have the discipline, the appetite to compete. You get a Zola bud that ran barefoot. Some of you young people go study who she was. Von Bloemfontein. She made up her mind, I'm going to be the best. Until you don't make up your mind. I can tell you all the time, you're the best, you're great, you're fantastic, because that's what God says. You're held from God, you're born from above. The greater one lives on the inside of you. God is for you. All those promises are there. What is stopping you, young person, from being the standout person? What? Because you, you, you can just 
be with everybody else like everybody else, have the conversation everybody else has, and you live the life like everybody else, and you're one of those sad people that are tweeting. Well, God created the birds to tweet, not human beings. Because human beings tweet nothing good. Nothing. Zero. And your little fingers show exactly what's in your heart. You are saying it with your little fingers when you write it. That means there's not control of your emotion. And the Bible says, by patience possess your vessel. You first have to learn to master yourself before you can master or command respect in your world. Do you hear me? That's a journey. You watch people, um, okay, I don't want to talk about these things because some of you think it's too violent, but I actually do like uh, UFC, etc. And um, okay, okay. And uh, I like the Old Testament and the New Testament, okay. And um, so <laughs> I think sometimes we need Old Testament. No. Um, um, so uh, the one fight, the guy, I mean, he had the other guy. The other guy should have tapped out, tapped out, tapped out, he did it. This last week, or it was also that week, I mean, the guy hit the guy, hit the guy, hit the guy, hit the guy, hit him, elbowed him, everything. He just refused to go out. He was out on his feet, but he wasn't going to get out of the fight. He ended up winning. I'll tell you why. Because the other one gave him his best shot, but he never doubted himself. I'm not going down in this fight. You can give me your best. I am rising again. Come on, child of God. Come on, Christian. Come on man, woman of God. Come on. Come on. What are you waiting for? To rise to the place that Jesus called you to rise, to be who Jesus says you are, to get the light switched on on the inside so the whole world can see there's something different about you. says, I'm staying alert and in cop, top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping. Telling everything, everybody else about it and then missing out myself. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 3, Message Bible, he says, Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way. Talk about those names in Hebrews 11. People who made a difference. All these veterans cheering us on. You. To get on with it. He says, it means we better get on with it. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how He did it. Because He never lost sight of where He was headed. He never lost sight. He never allowed his emotions. God of Gethsemane, when the burden became so heavy, the Bible says he sweated great drops of blood. He said, Father, not my will be done, but thy will be done. He never lost his hunger. He never lost his appetite. He never lost sight of why he was placed on this earth. He ran enduring hostility enduring adversity and the key that kept him and, and, and remember he was born of the Virgin Mary but Jesus had to discover from Scripture and through his mother that he was the Messiah. You do understand that? That he wasn't born with a halo over his head that pointed this is the Messiah, this is the Son of God. Jesus had to believe through Scripture and through what his mother said that he is both God and man and that he was anointed for that time. When he's 30 years old, he says, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me because He's anointed me. And his assignment in life begins. Until that, it's a discovery. He studies the Word. He reasons with the rabbis. He discovers. As a matter of fact, when he began to operate in his assignment, his mother doubted suddenly that He was the Messiah. You do know that because now Jesus was going beyond what she thought He should be going and the Bible says, as he was preaching one day, his mother and his brothers came and 
because they thought he was beside himself and they actually came to collect Jesus. Read it in your Bible. And Jesus said, those are not my mother and my brothers. Those who hear the Word and do the Word, they are my mothers and my brothers. You know, when He spoke to the disciples about going to the cross and Peter, because of emotion and affection, not so. He said, get behind me, Satan, for you do not save or you are not mindful of the things of God. So Jesus had no doubt of who He was and what His assignment was in life. And you will see the words that He says over and over. I must go to Jerusalem. I must preach the gospel to other cities also. I must deliver people. You see that Jesus knew who He was and then He also knew what God called Him to do. And in John 20, 21, He says, As my Father sent me, so send I you. So yeah, the Scripture is very clear. It says, if we are going to finish, we have to study how Jesus did it. Well, then you have to see the prayer life of Jesus. You have to study the anointing of Jesus. You have to understand discover the way that Jesus walked, the teachings that Jesus lived. And you have to imitate Jesus Christ, whether you are an advocate, a teacher, a student, a housewife, a mother, a doctor. It doesn't matter what you are, who you are. You have to keep your focus on the person of Jesus Christ or you're going to get lost. And you have to study and consider how Jesus ran the race because it, it says He began and He finished. A lot of good starters feel good finishers, right? We used to watch the Comrades when it was still on TV. I, think, I don't know if it's there anymore. But how people started out and the people that went front in the first 10 kilometers, how many of them ended that race? Oh no, they were glory boys. They were there to be seen for the moment. They were not there for the long haul. So they didn't pace themselves. They were there to have a moment. God's not called you to have a moment. God's called you to have a life of impact. And for you to live a life of impact, you have to discover who you are and you have to discover what the assignment of God is for your life. Please, and you alone can do that because being precedes doing. You have to know who you are before you will ever know what you can do. Not what your father says about you. I'm not talking about your heavenly father. Not what your mother says. Not what the great five teachers said. Not what the sports coach said. What does God say about you? So when you discover God, you discover your destiny. That's why it's so tragic for me when I sit with a young person and I say, what's your life all about? And you can quickly find out what their lives are about by just seeing where they were the last few weeks because your activity tells you what you are pursuing amen so when you press into God and you press into the things of God it shows that you are running this race that the Bible talks about this pressing in is not something we do by the way it's not something we do casual it's something that every generation has to do. And remember, I was your age at one stage as well. Some of you are older, most of you are younger than me. I was a 17-year-old. I was 20, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, etc., etc. I was there as well. I'm not talking French here. I'm not somebody that doesn't understand where you are. I don't not understand the thoughts that you have, the battles that you have as a 22-year-old young male full of testosterone. I know exactly how you think as a 16-year-old, an 18-year-old. I know exactly what's going on in your mind. And until you don't, you don't get serious about God, you are going to be riding the Big Dipper for the rest of your life. Then you're up, then you're down, then you're up, then you're down, then you're on fire, then you're lukewarm, then you're in church, then you're not in church, etc. When are you going to be like this athlete that the Bible talks about where you sit down and you get a goal in mind. And before I even talk about the goal in this world, I talk about the goal of eternity that should overshadow everything else in our lives. The day you stand before Jesus Christ, because those are the two most important days or three, I want to say, Edwin Twain says two. When you are born and you discover why you were born, I say no. 
there are three days. When you are born and you discover why you are born and the day you stand before Jesus Christ to give account of your life this day and that day. The day that you are born and the day that you will leave this earth and you will give account to God. Now my brother and my sister, if that doesn't put some fire in your heart, I don't know what's going to put fire in your heart. If you just live every day to get out of life what life offers you, life is going to throw a lot of worldliness your way and life is going to throw you, toss you to and fro and you are never, ever, 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 ever going to climb the ladder or the mountain that God called you to climb. Come on, He called you to greatness, Abraham. Come on, Jacob, He called you to be a blessing. He called you to be Israel. Come on, child of God, you are a chosen generation, a royal priest to the holy people. You are chosen by God to show forth these praises. You are alive, appointed by God for this hour to do great things, not just as a generation, but a standout individual, a musician that plays so that the fire of God will fall, a musician that sings so the fire of God will fall, a preacher that preaches and God shows up, a pastor that counsels and the word of knowledge shows up, a doctor that operates and God shows up in that theater room, a student that goes to the class and God shows up because of their relationship with God. Come on! Let's get our eyes on Jesus Christ and press into Him until we find the true and the living Christ and we begin to carry the presence of God in our lives. Um, the, the, the challenge with many people, and I was there as well, and I see it, it's a symptom of religion. And um, you see people are so serious in their prayer and pressing into God and they're missing the mark. It's like they're praying and they're serious, but they're missing the mark. It's a relationship. It's a connection. And Paul on the road to Damascus, who was a blasphemer and a persecutor, when he discovered Jesus, he said, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. Wow. That changes everything. When the scales fall from your eyes and you see Jesus. And with that, the, the, the second question is intertwined with the first question. What is it that you want me to do? Destiny. 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 It's something that's birthed in you. I was born for this. I was born Forrest Gump, right? I was born to run. Can't do much else, but I was born to run for the glory of God. When you discover who He is, who you are, whatever terminology you want to use, all your slick talk, young people, all this social media jargon, I don't see it changing anything. Because there's no weightiness. There's no substance. When, 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 you, when, you, when you encounter God, you encounter weightiness. You encounter heaviness, not demonic heaviness. You encounter presence. And that presence never leaves you where it finds you and how it finds you. It changes you. And once you find Him because you seek Him, not by the way. So this one, Corinthians 9, we can apply in two ways. The one is um, running a race in life, which is a double a truth. The other one is actually talking about your relationship with Jesus Christ is how you are running to know Him. Philippians chapter 3, Paul alludes to that as well. He says, what things were going to me, I've counted as rubbish that I may gain Christ, that I may know Him. Everything else matters nothing. What matters is to know Christ. But then people became so heavenly minded, they just want to sit in a corner somewhere. And there's more to that because your destiny is intertwined in your relationship with God. So when you get to know God, it's impossible to stay passive and to stay the same. Isaiah, in the presence of God, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Assignment is birthed in the presence of God. Confidence, confidence, call it what you like, is birthed in the presence of God. Uh, Gideon, I'm the least of the weakest. An encounter with God, he walks away believing he's a mighty man and he delivers a nation with 300 people. Moses at the burning bush, he stays long enough until he has a change in his mind and he believes this is who I am and 
Because I know who I am, I know what I can do. So what am I saying to you? If, if things are not changing and the impact is not the way it should be, harder work is not going to change it. But a discovery, a true discovery, and, and, and the more talented you are, the more difficult this is, what I'm talking about now, because you're reliant on your gifts and your abilities and your talents, like a Samson, like a Saul. You've not learned to be reliant. You're confident on your own charisma and your personality and your character and your stature. And things have brought you to a certain place, which will not take you to the place where God has called you to go. Every Christian, every, 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 every Christian must have an authentic encounter with Jesus Christ, not just once, again and again and again and again. But there has to be a defining moment which then God writes His vision on the tablet of your heart and nothing can take that away from you because you've been impregnated by God. When, when you receive Jesus Christ, He comes to live in you. The Holy Spirit overshadows you as He did Mary and He comes to live in you. He lives in you. How can there be a life without vision, without purpose, without fruit, without impact, if we claim we've received the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord, what this world is looking for. Maybe we, we, we discovered a part of Him and we've not pressed in fully to a place of really getting to know God. Because when you get to know God, you get to know yourself. And it doesn't matter what people say. I'll say it again because I got up your grid or in your grid or in your face or up your nose or whatever it is when I spoke about racial institutional institutional racism you hate it how can a white man talk about that he has no understanding I'm, I understand more than you man you're 20 years old you want to talk to me about institutional racism sit down you don't know nothing I don't mean it in a derogatory way I say just sit down you never fought this struggle in South Africa you're living as a benefit of those who fought the struggle in South Africa Learn about God. Learn about the Word of God. Discover yourself. Ooh, I'm, I've lost some of you. I can feel it. Because nobody tells you this. Find yourself, man. Like Joseph had. In an institutional prison. Sold as a slave. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm not justifying any of that. I'm saying that's not a cap. That's not your limit. What happened in your past does not define your future. What defines your future is what you believe about God. As A.W. Tozer write, wrote, the most important image you can have is the image of God. Is when I say God, what do you think about God? God, no, He's neutralized by institutional racism. He's neutralized by sexual racism. He's neutralized because I'm white. He's neutralized. No, 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 no. We're talking God. 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 In the beginning, God. Created everything out of nothing. So in the beginning, God. So when I say God, what do you think? So, so until you don't know Him, you won't know yourself. So what is this journey? The whole journey of the Bible is a journey of people discovering God. And you see those who discovered God are those that progressed in life. Unstoppable. Those who never discovered God are those that are for a season. The cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lusts of other things, entering, choke the word, becomes unfruitful, they fall by the wayside. But there are those that found the Christ, the Messiah. Come on, those that were blind and now see. Those who were lost are now found. Those that have decided, come on. Those who know whose they are. Those who knows that the price has been paid. Come on, those who know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Those who know that you've been washed by the blood of Jesus. Those who know I'm a child of the living God. Hallelujah. Come hell or high water, you cannot stop me. You cannot defeat me because I'm anointed. God placed His Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I'm rising to the top in the name of Jesus Christ. It's something you know. 
And when you know that, there is no person in this world that can talk you out of the destiny that God has for you. As a matter of fact, the more the opposition, the stronger you become. The more the betrayal, the stronger you become. Who are you? Appreciate. Our world is in a crisis mode trying to discover themselves. The greatest identity crisis that this world has ever faced. Every time you switch on television and in the midst of this pandemic, which by the way, somebody showed me statistics about America, the deaths prior pandemic, the deaths during pandemic. I don't even want to publicly say how sick that deceit and deception was. Not that the coronavirus wasn't real, but the lie that was sold with it to shut hope out of our world and to promote an agenda that brings absolute confusion and a distortion of your God-created identity to rob you of who God says you are. Because the minute you become confused about who you are, you will never fulfill the destiny that God has for you, ever. So more than ever, more than ever, I've been in the ministry 35 years, more than ever, people are grappling with identity. Who am I? Who do I come from? I heard about somebody the other day that married a truck. Fact. Had a ceremony to marry a truck. People marry their animals, you know that? In some states, it's legal. Yeah, we laugh at it, but I mean, it's, it's intelligent people who are called judges and who pass these laws. How in the world is it possible that we are so in a crisis that we don't even know who we are, that we think we are defined by skin pigmentation, by culture, by our past, and we miss the whole point of what Jesus came to do. We are His workmanship. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That God comes to rectify everything that was taken from you, stolen from you at the time and moment of salvation. And what is left now is for you to believe. The Bible says repent and believe the gospel. Believe what God says about you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That God came and He lived in you. And this God potential is on the inside of you. And the only thing that can stop God from living through you is the filter in your mind. Is what you believe about you. So in the next few weeks on, in the evening services, I'm going to do my best and spend time in prayer with you so that you can discover who you are. Because the moment you can answer, this is who I am. Paul writes every letter. He says, Paul an apostle by the will of God. If you had to write a letter, what would it be? Paul, who my mother says I am. Paul, lean, who my culture defines me to be. What, what would your letter be? What would your heading be? What would your identity be? It cannot be, Paul, whatever people ask me to do. Well, there are times that you have to do anything. Whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. But you have to know who God called you to be. And you have to know who you are in the making. Because if you know God called you to be a doctor, you are not going to laze around at university. You are going to be disciplined. You're not going to be partying. You're not going to take it lazy. You're not going to take the easy road. If you know God called you to be a businessman, you are going to get your degree in three years while other people take five years. You are going to be disciplined. You're going to be the hard worker. You're going to be the, the climber. You are going to be the one that get the top marks because you know you are facing um, unfavorable statistics of 40-something percent unemployment. So you are going to be the person 
person that's going to be employed because you are going to get the best marks in your class. No matter if they shut the class down, no matter if they burn the campus, you're not going to become one of the toy toy specialists. You are going to be a worker, a learner, because you are hungry to climb to the top. You are hungry to get the prize. You want to live a life for the next 40, 50 years that will impact your children and your children's children. No, come on, young person. You know what I'm saying is the truth in Jesus' name. But you have to make up your mind to be the different person and to take your life serious. Because if you don't take yourself serious, who in the world will? Get serious about yourself. Get serious about yourself. Get serious about your destiny. Get serious about your future. Get serious about your relationships in Jesus' name. Stop messing around. Get serious about this thing we call life that God gave us as a gift. Get serious, not religious, about yourself. Small says, everybody that, that, that competes is, is temperate in all things. Self-discipline. I only talk about my own life. I knew God called me. I was working. And uh, I never messed around. I didn't. I wasn't boring. I messed around before I received Jesus Christ. Didn't mess around after I received Jesus Christ. Listen to me very carefully. Listen. Before I met Jesus, I was a lost ball. Lost myself. Partied, drank, smoked, ran around, spoke like everybody else. Then Jesus saved me and I changed. The things I used to do, Lord, I stopped doing them. The places I used to go to, I went to them no more. The friends I used to hang out with, I never hung out with them anymore. I changed. Changed. Something that young people think it's not required because of God's grace. No, God's grace is what changes you. I'm not putting a heavy on you. I'm putting a heavy on you. Because if you're messing around with the guys and you've had three boyfriends this year and next year you're going to have another five boyfriends, then you're going to have uh, the year after that seven because it's exponential, it grows, right? And yeah, you know what I'm saying is the truth. Then eventually you're going to get married and you're going to be happy, my sister. No. You think a ring will make you happy? No. I hope the picture they put up, they never embarrassed anybody. I try and put myself back um, in your shoes. And I look at the privileges you have as a generation. You didn't fight this apartheid battle. We fought it. Your parents fought it. You never did. You don't know what it is. Blacks only, whites only. You know nothing about it. You've heard about it. You never lived it. Your parents suffered the pain of that. There were no buildings like this when I came to church. It was a little, a little building with nothing. Nothing to stimulate your brain or anything. You've got it all. You've got it all at your feet. Everything. You've got it all. Your university fees are paid. Get bursaries. Education is lowered for you just to pass. And it's just like Jolly Petroli. Let's go. Let's go. And there's nothing in you that is provoking you. Looking around you at all this and thinking, I can't identify with this. It's not me. When I got saved, my friends were just still going drinking and smoking, etc. I just said, I can't identify with this. It's not me. I was blind, now I see. It's not me. I'm not saying if you have a glass of wine, it's anything wrong with it. What I'm saying. I'm talking about living this life, which is a journey for Christ. And sometimes young people, when you talk along these ways, they say, I don't want to go to that church because it's too religious. 
So where do you want to end? Huh? Where do you want to end? You want to mess around and think someday you're going to settle down? I know people that are 50 years old because they messed around like you are messing around. They can't settle down today because they were never disciplined enough to settle down in their 20s. People who couldn't get a, keep a job in their 20s because they always blamed somebody else. I mean, I get shocked when I hear about a young person that's offered a job of 20,000 rand and they say, no, I don't want it. It's beneath me because they want a salary of 50,000. Man, you're not worth 50,000 rand. Please, man. Yet. We must pay you for what? Because you've got a degree. It's a piece of paper, man. Doesn't tell us what you can do. There you walk into that office, they find out what you can do. They find out about your attitude, your work ethic, your discipline, your value added. Not value added tax, value added. Quickly. People that have lived this life assess you as a young person in a second, whether you're a bull duster or whether you're for real. And a money. So who are you? Well, some of you are uncomfortable about this conversation because you and your friend already are looking at one another, throwing the eyes at one another, etc. Now you can't hide behind your mask. You, you, you're standing out like a sore thumb. You stand out. You understand? I can see you. And that attitude, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to tell you what your mama should have told you. That life owes you nothing. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Nobody's going to roll out the red carpet for you. There's not a crowd waiting for you. There's not a director's office waiting for you. There's opportunity that is always disguised in overalls, as hard work, whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your mind. So if you know who you are, the journey does not matter and determine your emotional disposition. So whether you're in the prison, whether you're in the pit, God is with you and you'll rise to the top. Whether your uncle cheats you like Laban cheated Jacob, you are not phased because you know that you serve the God of Abram, Isaac, and that the same God that blessed your parents will bless you. You are not faced by institutional racism. Something, somebody will change it. You are not faced by um, uh, male chauvinism. You know, when we talk about white privilege, let's talk about male privilege as well. And in some circles, let's talk about female privilege. Amen. I mean, in Wales, women can beat up on their husbands and you can't lay a charge of abuse. What's the difference? You hit your husband, your husband hits you. No, 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 sorry. I retract that totally. Where did that come from? What I meant was, if you hit your husband with a, with a, a, a roller pin, it's abuse. me rather do the altar call. <laughs> Who are you? Husband and wife together, but you'll stand before Jesus alone. Who are you? If, if, if people lose their zeal for God, are you going to follow them? What is your life about? What is your measure? And until you don't find that for yourself, you're always going to be trying to get something else to get you ahead in life. Listen to me today. Please hear me. We are facing challenges in our world that no generation has ever faced. You, you know, I'm going to live beyond this. 
and I'm not negative. Should Jesus tarry, you've not even seen the level of challenges that are going to come and face humanity. Because it's in the Bible. We, can't, we can prolong certain things, but we can't stop it. And if you don't have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to run for cover. You're going to get lost in this journey. Tonight, it's not about who you know. It's not about your friends. It's not about anything other than really knowing Jesus Christ. And when you know Him, you get to know yourself. I don't care if you're my daughter, my daughter, my son. You don't live on daddy's faith. You don't live on my revelation. You don't build anything off of me. You can learn, but you need your own encounter, your own pursuit, your own hunger, your own discipline, your own progress. You need it. And that's one thing I've tried to instill in my children. Not religion, but have a relationship with this living God. And when you do, it will be evident in the words that you speak, the vision you have, the influence that you carry, the weight that you carry. Because when God anoints you, it's always for a purpose to help other people. It's always. It never leaves you where it finds you in Jesus' name. What you pursue with all your heart is what you will become. This Christian thing is not something we do part-time. It's not something we do by the way. This should be the most important aspect of your life. You hear me very clearly. It's not an aspect. It should be the aspect. And you should not be willing to give it up for anything. Not for your friends. Even if you've had those three blind mice as friends, for, for, for five years. If the blind lead the blind, right? You, as I had to at your age, you need to get serious and real about this journey called life because you can't live it from day to day, moment to moment, occasion to occasion. You have to live it. The only way you can do this is pursuit of Him. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving. In all our churches tonight. I don't care if you've given your life to Jesus before, but you, 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 you're just ticking over. You're just ticking over. You have to come to the altar tonight and break. You have to come to the altar tonight and throw yourself on Jesus. You have to come tonight and give yourself back to Jesus Christ and become desperate and become hungry and become broken and press into the presence of God. You, you have to get hungry for God and you have to get tired of where you are and you have to come by the grace of God and put aside every weight and accept Jesus Christ fully into your life once and for all. It's God talking to you tonight. I don't care about your friend right now. I'm talking to you. Not the person sitting next to you. They're in Bloemfontein tonight, in Cape Town, Durban, in Johannesburg tonight. You may just be the change agent that God is needing in this nation. I don't know. But you were born for this hour and we can't do this thing half measure, lukewarm, mediocre. We have to surrender all tonight. So tonight, while every head is bowed, every eye closed, you say, Pastor, I want to surrender all to Jesus. I want to surrender my life. I want to come back. I want to give everything to Jesus. There's a stirring, there's a hunger in my heart tonight. Then I want to pray for you. If that's your desire, quietly, wherever you are, slip up your hand, please, quickly, all over this place. Raise it up high. Raise it, raise it, raise it. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. Raise it up. Thank you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Lift it up. Lift it up. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, bless you. Then Bloemfontein, lift up your hand. Johannesburg, Potsdam, slip your hand up. Come on, young person. Slip it up. Say yes. There's a stirring in your heart. That's the Holy Ghost tonight. You come. You come. You come. Last time before I pray, you've not yet raised your hand. Say yes. Include me in that prayer for not. He said, Vuling Ibana. Slide me naar gebeten. Vannacht tel je hand op. Danke. Danke. In Jesus' name. It's a great honor to pray with each one of you. God really, really loves you. 
And um, you know the thing about standing before God, when I stood before God, I had so much rubbish and all I experienced was God's love. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. But I put my life in His hands. And I left my life in His hands. I didn't let my friends come the next week and take my life back. They tried. They tried. Try to get me back to the parties, try to get me back to the clubs. They tried. Try to get me back to the drinking parties. They tried, because they will. That's what the world does. Tries to come and steal what Jesus did in you. I say to people all the time, you know, why children's church is so important. And when you have babies, bring your kids to the children's church because we have to shape them in the Lord, like their first five years. The next phase of your life that is crucial is, is 18 to 24. 18 to 25, your university years. If you have a lost ball in the university, you a lost ball for the rest of your life. Listen to me, for me. Listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Kinders are great. Two of my kinders are over 30. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. You don't have a lightning bolt and you don't have to do it yourself. You have three as a young man. That means you have to begin to wake up. You know you don't know if someone is with you, but I'm going to say to you, but I'm You begin to wake up. You have to begin to be honest with yourself. And stop here, net, I'm going to die so that you live. Go so with rest of your life so go. I met school friends who was so on school. Was. And many of you know what I'm talking about. Sell them hardest, sell Want God has never become the everything. And you have to make it out for yourself. Nobody else can make it out for you. You have to make this thing out for yourself. Not just come to church for a vibe, and if you don't like this vibe, you go look for a vibe somewhere else. Hey man, we're not a club, okay? We're a church. This is where you come to encounter God, where you come to grow, where you come to grow in righteousness, in sanctification, in separation, in holiness, you come to mature. That's why you come to church. Not to look for a goal. Well, many of you found your wives in church, which is great. But um, you did so righteously. Okay. God loves you. Put your hand on your heart. Pray this prayer with me tonight, everybody. Just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight I give myself back to you. Thank you for loving me just as I am. I believe with all my heart you died for all my sin and that you are willing to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness tonight. I believe you are alive, so tonight I call on your name. Jesus, save me. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.